Welcome to the InnovaBuzz podcast, where our job is to help you build visibility, professional credibility, and connection with your ideal client by putting the human at the center of innovative marketing so you can build and strengthen an engaging, enduring relationship with your ideal clients. I'm Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz, and I'm honored that you're here with me. If you haven't yet joined our wonderful Flyworld Nation community, go to flyworldnation.com and join in the podcast conversations. Do subscribe to the show and also leave a review because it helps others find us. Let's get into today's masterclass on this InnovaBuzz podcast. You want real-time freedom. The idea is you need to stop focusing on tasks and start delegating decisions. That's the real trap here, right? Most people are not delegating enough decisions to their team to go do, and that's what keeps them trapped because the team keeps coming back. Jürgen, what do I do here? Jürgen, what do I do there? This happened, Jürgen, what do I do? And then you as entrepreneurs, like, bang, do this, bang, do that really fast, get it done, just do that. But then. It teaches your team. Jürgen's going to ask problem solver. That's not going to be how you get free, right? It's good ego boost, but it's moving past your ego to be like, why do I need to do that? Why can't I get my team and allow them an opportunity to step in? It's important to show them what to do, but when you explain it of how and the reason and your thinking behind it is then how we impart the principles into the team. Welcome back. I hope you've had an awesome week so far. I'm really excited today to have on the InnovaBuzz podcast as my guest, Richard Fu, the go-to business freedom designer for businesses all around the world. Richard has more than 10 years of experience coaching hundreds of business owners in designing scalable businesses with automation, systemization, and virtual assistance. In less than a year, Richard transformed Outsourcing Angel, the virtual assistant agency, allowing the CEO and founder of the business to finally be free from day-to-day operations, while at the same time continuing their double-digit spectacular growth year after year. A word from Flywheel Nation, our sponsor. You're doing great in business. Now, do you ever feel like you're missing out on some game-changing connection or insights? Well, you can supercharge your success with Flywheel Nation. There you can tap into the collective wisdom of a bunch of amazing high-impact achievers, gain exclusive access to resources that you'll find there, and expand your network all in our vibrant community. You can experience accelerated growth, breakthrough insights, and powerful connections to elevate your business. Act now to secure your spot and transform your journey today. Go to innovabiz.co forward slash flywheel to join. In our conversation today, Richard talked to me about systemizing delivery work to build a client ladder. We covered the importance of finding your core genius the power of delegation and coaching team members, and we talked about the value of clear communication in preventing mistakes. Without further ado, then, let's fly into the hive and get the buzz from Richard Fu. Hi, I'm your host, Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz, and I'm really excited to welcome to the InnovaBuzz podcast today from Sydney in Australia, same time zone as me, which is quite unusual for the podcast, Richard Fu, who's a business freedom designer, helping business owners to redesign their business to work without them using automation systems and virtual assistants. Welcome to the InnovaBuzz podcast, Richard. It's a great privilege to have you as my guest. Oh, thank you, Jürgen, man. And I, I'm glad too, man, because other podcasts, you know, you've got to get up at early hours or stay <laughs> up at, at horrendous hours where the, you know, we won't have this awesome, like, 
daylight, like, you know, lighting in that end. So thanks for having me on, mate. Excellent. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to digging into all things sort of um, freedom and automation and how to remove the business owner from the business with you. Um, lots, mm. lots to talk about there. But before we get on to all of that, what's the impact you're making in the world today, Richard? Oh, the impact I'm making, Jürgen, is look, the thing I, I hope that I am making, right, is that we're helping our business uh, owners out there, the, the small business owners who are working with their virtual teams here with us, and really just giving them that time of freedom back is what I want to create here, right? And that's what we want to help out with them. But on top of that, I want to, that's why I love the virtual space so much and the virtual assistant spaces, because we're also creating opportunities for those who aren't entrepreneurs, who aren't business owners at heart to create freedom for themselves as well, because all of our team gets to work from home, right? Every single virtual assistant works from home. There's no office we have in the Philippines or anything like that. And it's just creating that freedom and the options for people, right? To live and work the way that they want. On that end, that's the impact I want to leave on this on this earth. Mm, excellent, I love it. The um, I read something somewhere recently that talked about freedom as the new currency, and and it was an interesting take on this whole concept of you know, work hard, um, achieve success, and so on. And it kind of reframed the whole thing in. Um, creating free time to experience the things that really bring us joy is what mm. what it all should be about today. And um, and I thought that was a fascinating take. So it's uh, it's really great that your mission is to help people to kind of do that in a greater yeah, way. Yeah, and I think it's it's so true because you see it now more than ever and then we have COVID kick in more people realizing is like you know when they don't have to go to the office that hey i got all this free time right that normally i would have to be in commuting hmm. right i'd have to get up get ready go work and all that stuff is what can i do with this time now and that's changed a lot of people's perspective of how they want to live life nowadays right and it's driven more into even the whole you know the digital nomad type of thing too right mm. where then that's that's what people want to do now and that's what we see and if we don't accommodate for that then it's very hard to keep people right uh because then we're not appealing to now probably one of the key core needs of a lot of people right is that that flexibility is you know it's not probably not even freedom just actually flexibility i think is the real currency that people are chasing. It's like, I just want to be able to have that flexibility to work from home or work on the days that I want or work at the times that I, I want and I still deliver what, what I'm expected. And I think that's what more people are chasing. More so, we, we disguise that as freedom, but it's actually for most people, you know, they just want that flexibility hmm. in, in this. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a really good point. And I know um, I've worked really hard personally to give myself that flexibility i really enjoy the work i'm doing so i'm it's not about freeing myself from work but it's about having the flexibility to say well this morning it was dark and cold so i i won't go on my bike ride first thing in the morning i'll go at 10 o'clock when the sun's shining and it's a little warmer having having the freedom to kind of do that to rearrange the day based on the weather pattern and what I want to do outside um, as one example. Or you brought up the example of the digital nomad, people wanting to travel and experiencing life in different parts of the world and being able to do that while still working, running their business um, rather than, oh, I've got to postpone this until I've saved up enough money to take four weeks vacation and go travel to that country. Mm, don't worry, Jürgen. That happened to me this morning, right, as well. I'm like, oh, I want to go for a ride, but I'm like, oh, man, it's like seven <laughs> degrees out there, right? Even though my, my fiancé bought me these winter gloves and stuff like that too, I'm like, oh, it just, it's too cold, right? <laughs> and so I'll probably end up going just like you, man, for a bike ride right, right after this too. Hey, seven degrees is, is quite good. I'll go at seven degrees. That's the the three degrees feels like uh, minus one when the wind's coming off the south. Um, is the the tough ones. 
Oh, nasty. And, yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, one of the things you you work with your clients on is essentially building a business that runs itself. So what are some of the key steps if if we take this mindset of how can I build a business that actually runs itself so that I can go and do the bike ride at 10 in the morning or 11 in the morning? <laughs> um, how, do, how do we go about that? What are some of the key steps? Yeah, look, like it's nothing, it's not massive rocket science or anything like that, right, Jürgen? It's really... At an essence, what we try and focus on, if depends on the size of your business, where you're at in the journey too, right? So if you're in a like startup phase, you made some sales, you're generating some good, good traffic and good, good sales. And then you kind of hit a point, right? Where if it's like your professional services, right? So it could be like coach, you know, lawyer, whatever it is, you end up realizing you hit a cap of how many hours you can work to produce something. And, Typically, we find that it's typically around like, I reckon like the $120,000 mark a year, right? Where you're working by yourself, you're going, you're doing the sales, you're doing the marketing, you're doing the, the, the whole delivery piece too, but it's kind of like this, right? It's mm-hmm. just peaks and troughs. You know, you, you start winning a lot of work, yeah, and then you got to deliver all this work, and then the sales yeah, pipeline the goes down because you're not going yeah. out, right? And, you know, it's in those moments where you feel like you just keep hitting that same ceiling, right? Because you're just trapped delivering and so usually one of the first things we want to look into is first getting uh your administrative side your delivery work the idea for you to scale is if you're by yourself right now is to 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 get yourself out of delivery right most people like you know some people i just want to be a coach right i just want to talk to people and that'd be great for me and i'm like that's fine however it's going to be very hard to find a salesperson to sell who wants to drive to sell you you know and you know you've proven that you can go out and sell and market for yourself right and you should continue doing that because you know what we could do is look at let's say you're coaching right it's 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 about transforming parts of your your pipeline in terms of the delivery side to be like why do you need to do the client onboarding why do you need to go chase that invoice why do you need to be the one that has to go send out these worksheets to go check if they haven't done it to follow it up and all that you can have an assistant to go assist with that or you automate processes from that right like if they pay the first payment bang send the email send this template create the, the google folder here's the access to whatever else you give them right all that can be automated as well so you don't need to have to go do those things manually every time you onboard someone you know and so what i'm thinking about is you want to try and systemize your delivery process so that you can step away from delivery. So the first person you probably hire is, you know, a virtual assistant, right? Low budget uh, and keep keep the costs tight and get them to support you in the administrative side, you know, whether that could be helping you out with the social media marketing, right? Doing organic content mm-hmm. stuff, whether that is looking after emails, looking after client onboarding, looking after, you know, arrears or, you know, finance invoicing, that type of stuff. You want to focus on that so that then it frees you up from how to do all of that to then go to the front of the funnel, right? And go generate more content, go generate more leads, go talk to more leads, go close more. And then as you get further down the track, it's thinking about what other parts in the delivery model are required where you need to be there. And if you're not, let's get someone else in there, right? So maybe your your coaching model, right? You need to change it from you increase the prices from, you know, if it's one-on-one coaching, but you start finding you, you got no space, right, to do more one-on-ones, maybe you need to open up a group program, right? And then to manage that group, your VA or that, you know, you could call it like, what was it, a community manager you hire or whoever it is, manages the group, and then you just jump on, do the one, two hours a week of coaching, right, answer questions, right, and then you bounce off. But then your team helps engage with them, follow up with the worksheets, follow up with the homework, get get the submissions in, put it to you, you spend an hour reviewing the submissions, give it back, you know? And it's that's kind of like what you want to think about is how do you get yourself out of delivery more on that end? And mm-hmm. then that allows you to grow the marketing, grow the sales, and that's the real lifeline of your whole business uh, and how to scale from a business that just runs on you. So I lay out that it's not the foundation of, hey, now I'm free. It's not yeah. like that, right? eventually let's say you know you're in that space you're like hey i got a good delivery team 
writing plays, but now I'm doing sales and marketing and I'm trying to hire a marketing manager and all of that stuff, right? It's a great place to be in. And so what you want to start doing is start hiring one or two people into those front end positions, right? So like, you know, hiring a salesperson to take your calls, right? Instead of having you to call a, a, a close on the calls, have a marketing manager and a marketing social media assistant or something like that or a copywriter, right? On that end. And then what you want to get to is when you get to that size, you're talking about then looking at creating an executive team. Yeah. And this is where some people are, there are like, you know, 10 people or 15 people, but they don't have an executive team. They just have like a head of operations, a head of marketing, but those people are still in a, I guess, execution, you know, uh, mindset, task mindset, but they're not setting up a, a weekly council meeting. So we here at OA have a weekly council where it's me and like, I think three other people plus Lynn, right? The, the founder outsourcing angel and she, we run this meeting every week to go through the numbers, the KPIs, right? So it's important to then have KPIs, good reporting. And then it's not enough to just look at numbers. It's like I tell one of our clients recently, he's like, Hey, Richard, we have KPIs and stuff like that, but I'm, my people are still just not doing stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Like nothing's happened. Nothing's mm -hmm. moving the needle. And I go, is it because you don't have KPIs? And he showed me his KPIs. I'm like, they're better than ours, right? I'm like, I should mm -hmm. copy that. Right. But then he, I said, so what happens when this number's red? Right. We have a target. And then, you know, you have bands of like, if green, if we're on target, yellow, if we're not slightly off. And then red is like, we're, we're a bit far off. You know, I go, what happens if that number's red? And he goes, I don't know. We just look at it. Mm. Right? And then I said, the next part is you got to educate and train up your executive team. This is what I've had to do in our team too is, you know, Hey guys, this is red. What are we doing to get this up to yellow? What are we doing to go from yellow to green? And it's a hard question to ask because especially people who don't like conflict, yeah. you know, it's a very direct question of what are we going to do, right? And it'll put the other person in an uncomfortable situation, you know? But then that's the only way we can define if this person is at an executive level, we'll call it, is because like you're going to like go, hey, how come sales is that in red? What are you going to do? And then you'd be like, oh, you know, Richard, we're just going to try harder this week, right? And then I'm like, what? What the hell's try harder? You know, I need and versus if I go, Hey, Jürgen, Hagen, this is red. What are you going to do? And you're like, look, Richard, this week we looked at it. We suspect it might be this. So we're going to try this, you know, and you can see the difference there, right? Mm. Of one person who's taking a more of a proactive approach of like, we suspect we're, we're trying to eliminate, you know, what the, the issues might be and then try to deploy things in the next week or the next month or whatever it is to see if it, that is the real problem or not. You know, and that's what I care about more in, in terms of when I'm leading these teams is I don't look, I say results matter, but progress is more important. Meaning I want you to be on the right trajectory, right? You might not get the result right now, but I think the progress, if as long as we're getting closer to it is more important and eventually we get the result, hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. So, there's a lot to unpack there. Yeah. Um, the, I love the I love your last comment there with the results. <laughs> I want to come back to that one there. Um, yeah. The idea of seeing where you're tracking and and looking at um, what actions are we taking to implement, and even if the results in the green, what are we doing to sustain that, or what are we doing to maybe revise the goal because we're doing so <clears throat> well. Um, mm -hmm. I, what I wanted to come back on because this really piqued my interest when you're explaining this idea of um, like a coach can only take on so many one-on-one -on -one clients and then that yeah. transition to, okay, I'll do a, as a coach, I'll do a group program because now I can take on instead of say 10 clients, um, each of whom I meet one-on-one -on -one during the week and, and I've got preparation. Now I can take on a hundred clients um, because mm. we'll, we'll do this group coaching program and so on. And then the idea of a community manager who actually manages the community and does a lot of the standard kind of stuff like follow up and have you done or what, what are you having difficulty with? Are there any resources that you, you need because that person knows here's these resources, there's those resources, so I can just point you in the right direction. You don't need the business owner, the, 
the chief coach to do that and the chief coach can come on for that 20 hours if they're still going to do the same thing, um, mm. contact time, and now all of a sudden mm. they've got um, a much greater revenue because of that coaching program. If somebody's wanting to make that transition, what are some of the things that they should be looking at to put into place as the fundamentals? You know, Get these into place, small steps to progress towards that. Good question. So when I was a coach, I am running my own coaching business. You know, uh, one of the things I would always do first is validate right, your, your, your system or your method and get results. And so that's why it's important to start as one-to-one, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and then you'll realize once you get to, I don't know what the capacity might be, right? It could be 10 one-on-ones, right? And then let's say the 11th one wants to come on right? and you're just like, I ain't got time, you know? And so then you, you, you know, what I always say is just, is we want just test it out, right? Cause what, how you do it one-on-one can be deployed in a one-to-many situation there. You just need some minor tweaks on how to deliver it, hmm. right? And so testing it out in the market. So I'm not going to say you should start with one-to-many cause yes, it sounds great, yeah, yeah. right? It's just like, sounds great to create an online course and then people just buy it and just, hmm. I don't need to do anything, right? But it's, Kind of like test it out by going, do the one-to-one till you've almost maxed out and go, look, now I've got to create a waiting list, right? For these one-on-ones. And then, you know, if people are like, no, nah, I can't wait that long, right? And then it's like, look, then the only other way we can work together is I'm going to put together like a beta testing group, which is now I'm going to open up some group coaching side of things, right? And then you open it up and go, would you like to join at a lower rate first, you know, and then see if you get one, two, three, four, then cool. If we get five, then we can get started, right? Or something like that. Or you do it the, the one to many, you still offer it as the one-on-one coaches have one-on-one time with you, right? And then you invite those one-on-ones also into the group hmm. because it's just like a, you know, a product ladder, you know, where one-to-one is the very top and that's where you can then charge more. But then they get access to the one to many hmm. as well. So they can sit in if they want. So then you know, you don't actually have to wait till there's, oh, I have five people who, who are okay with the group coaching thing. Now there's like, what if you had 10 and let's say five of them rock up on the group coaching thing because you, you know, you're like, you don't pay extra, you just get access yeah, yeah. to it. And then these four other people are now like, you know, the, the group, right? Mm-hmm. In the group. So then you have nine people in the group. So it's not like you're starting completely from scratch. Yeah. Then, yeah. I love that idea. Know, um, because yeah. it doesn't cost you any more, right? To to invite exactly. the premium clients yeah. into the group, then mm. yeah, and it's just extra value for them if they have that capacity for it, mm. right? And then from there, you know, what you want to do is apply the same model, but then it's like, you know, just test it out. Really, it's hard for me to say you got to have yeah. the processes laid out and all that. It's great. I like to have that in place. In saying that, you have a rough process because you've done one to one many mm. times, yeah apply similar things at the one-to-many and then learn and then tweak along the way because usually i say this try not to build a process if you've never done it before it's kind of like going hey we're going to go to this thick jungle and then we're going to lay down this four-lane highway right on that end and it's like how do we know people want to walk from this end of the jungle to wherever we want to build it right and so what i say is think of it as just start hacking down the through the jungle first and then lay down that dirt path, hmm. you know. And if we see the d- real dirt path, then we can upgrade it to a proper hiking trail, right, with stones and all of that down there. And then after that, we're like, oh, look, people like you're going to run through here with bikes, right? And so then it's like, let's lay down, you know, the next, the, the concrete, right, or, or the, the tarmac side of things, you know, so... You know, I always think of building systems in that way because otherwise you can spend all mm. your time like building the perfect course, the perfect systems, and then no one goes through it. You know, and that that's just you know disappointing more than anything on that end there. Mm. Yeah, that's that's really great advice, and and also, I mean, one of the things that I've always found um, people are generally resistant to following documented processes, and if if they're documented in a way that it's it's not actually what people what what's needed by the marketplace or it's not actually how people work or any of that then the resistance is going to be so much higher whereas if you kind of test it out first and then document what you have done what's worked and 
adapt it from there and also get the people involved who are going to actually be hands-on doing that particular task or or work, then I think it, it can be much more successful and a much more robust process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just beta test it, you name it a beta testing program, you mm-hmm. do it for however long you want, right? We beta tested, you know, one of our programs for like almost a year, Yeah. right? And then just getting feedback and, you know, seeing how we do things and then tweaking it on that end. And so it's it's just, you know, if you can get paid people who want to pay at a lower amount, right, to just beta test, then that's enough, right, to go there. I, I wouldn't say go with the free version first because, mm-hmm. you know, you get people who do it for free. Oh, yeah, that's great. That's great. Anything, anyone will say yes to yeah, yeah. most things that are free, yeah? But in, in that way, it's like there's no point for you because you you don't know if they want to pay for mm, it. Right? That's right. Yeah. The, idea is, you know, the biggest barrier is let's see if people want to pay for this. That helps validate a real idea versus, hey, just give me your feedback, Jürgen. <laughs> I got this free course, right? Yeah. You're like, yeah, it's good. It's shared right there. Like, if, I, if I offered it at $50, would you pay? And, you know, because you, you did it for free, you're probably, yeah, it's probably worth that much. Mm. But it's not the same kind of uh, as like asking at the start so then to see if that person really feels like that's a big pain point to pay mm. for that yeah that's that's a key point isn't it and um, you talk about beta test and testing the program and what works and so on and that that's the first thing really to test to validate you know does this have enough value that my target audience uh, is prepared to pay some money for it mm-hmm. exactly yeah all right um one of the other things I've heard you talk about, and I'm sort of switching gears a little bit here, but I think it's related to this idea of um, generating more freedom and flexibility for us. You talk about time-stealing productivity, and that, that fascinated me, that that uh, idea. You say, spend two hours today to steal 20 tomorrow. So tell us a little bit more about what do you mean by time-stealing productivity? <laughs> Oh, that, that was a mad clickbait-y like, title <laughs> back then. I think I wrote that like a good four or five years ago, right? Uh, that, was, that was an article that I think found that engaged me and they're like, hey, can you write something about this? And I'm like, oh, it's like this. And then he's like, can we use this type, title? I'm like, sure, right? And so, you know, the term time-stealing is more like this. It's about spending the time today, right, to capture that time back in the future, mm-hmm. in the long term. You know, and it's it's really about like creating the right systems, processes, whether it is even automations, right, or coaching your team. So one of the things like literally just yesterday, right, I'm like slammed and my my team member who's you know relatively new came in probably like oops, sorry about that, right? Came in probably about two months ago. Yeah. Um so he he's in training with us. And he's about to go on a client call and it's probably about an hour long. And I'm like, he's like, you don't need to go on this client call, Richard. And he's just new going mm-hmm. on to client calls. I'm like, ah, I could, I probably got stuff to do. And I'm like, let's just sit in, right? I can sit in and observe, do some other stuff and half listen. And then, you know, the call went on for like probably an hour and a half with a client. And then we had, we debriefed for a half hour afterwards. And for me, you know, you're going to like, you think about it, that's like two hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and when we're debriefing, I'm making specific feedback points for him, right? I'm like, because, you know, he's presenting and then I'm like, okay, so some things you need to improve on, right? I'm not going to be like, oh, yeah, you're great. You know, I'm very specific, right? And this is the thing with me is like, even with, sorry, uh, this I think this internet provider is trying to call me, right? Because I'm like trying to sh- switch providers. But yeah, so in regards to what we're trying to do here is I, I, I make this time, I made this very conscious decision to be like, for my team, I, if I can educate them and coach them and help them think and understand how to become a better person to deliver the work, that will save me not just two hours in the future. It's going to save me like, like, sorry. <laughs> It will save me like 30 hours down the line, right? It's going to save me uh, like a lot of time in the end. I just want to switch this, right? I don't know why they keep calling. <laughs> right. Sorry about that, Jürgen, mate. Uh, let me do that. Okay. Yeah. It will save me that 
30 hours plus in the future because I don't have to keep coming back to teach him, hey, you're not doing it in this way. So an example is I said, when you're, when you're facilitating online, one of the things you weren't doing that much is you're not doing tag questions. You're not engaging them going, does this make sense? How does this sound to you? Is this exciting? Right? That type of stuff. It's mm. just, he just went bang, 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 question, 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 question. It was like a interrogation sounds rude, <laughs> right? But it, it can feel like that, you know, yeah, yeah. especially because if you're, you're like, man, I got to make sure I got this, 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 you know? And so, uh, and then at the end of it, like Richard, just having this time here with you and getting this feedback from you was so much better than me even just going to get a university degree and learning this. <laughs> or even trying to learn this in university because like this is what I signed up for, right? Hmm. This is what I love because it's going to help me not be just better at work but be a better human being, right? And so one of the other things is like, look, I said, when someone answers a question, right? Or sorry, when someone asks a question, what I noticed was you didn't answer the question directly. You kind of like went around the long way, right? And I said, a technique I want to share with you, and this is what I think is pretty cool that for your, fan, your, your fans and audience here, is I say, you got to flip it, right? Most people, hey, Jürgen, good question, right? Let's say your question like, hey, Richard, have you done this before? And, and my answer is no, right? In my head, I've never hmm. used whatever tool you're talking about. Instead of going, no, Jürgen, right? Or some people are like, well, Jürgen, you know, da, 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 haven't you, I kind of done this, kind of done that. It's kind of like, you know, they go, they dodge around it, right? Yeah, Beat yeah. around the bush in Australia. And the idea is they want to give context, but context goes, it's a whole paragraph of context. And then the answer is no, right? Well, for you, you're sitting there going, is that yes? Is that no? I'm confused. What's happening? Right. And so I go flip it, give them the answer first and then say, is it okay to explain context, right? So let's say you're like, Rich, have you used this tool before because it's important if you're going to try and automate you know, business? And I'll be like, Jürgen, look, I haven't used that tool before in saying that. I had a quick Google, mate. I looked around, I looked at it. It looks like a basic CRM, like most other CRMs. We've used a lot of other CRMs, like HubSpot, this, Active Campaign, whatever. And I don't imagine it to be too hard. Would you say, Jürgen, that that's correct, right, with your use of your CRM? And, you know, most clients are like, yeah, that's probably right. You can get up and learn it. And so, yeah, for us, it's not about just purely about how we use it. We'll ask you how you use it, but we'll also look at automations to help trigger things from that that you probably never thought about. So that's how we can work together. Even though I've never used your tool before, it wouldn't take us that long to pick it up, you know? And hmm. those types of things is like what I'm spending time on, you know, in there. So it's not just about building the process, building the automations. Part of it is, you know, but... For most people, like this is the thing I noticed as well when they get a VA, right? They're just like, they don't want to spend time with their VA to coach them up. They're like, just do this, yeah, right? Yeah. How can it take you five minutes, right? When it took me a minute, right? To do that normally. Mm -hmm. And it's like, they're not willing to invest that time upfront now to, to build that person's skill up and get them to even think and make the same decision as you would. Right, which doesn't happen overnight. You can't teach someone how to no, that's my, right. yeah. how to my I principles think, immediately. Yeah, I think that's you've hit on a couple of really important points there in terms of um, going back to a, building a business that runs itself through bringing on uh, other people, whether that's virtual mm. assistants or staff or whoever. It's first of all, you need to have a good onboarding system. So you talked earlier about you know what are the what are the expectations that you have of them, um, making that clear right up front in the onboarding. Then having good training systems in place, and that's where I think systems and processes can add huge value because that they can be the basis for the training. And then the third one that you've just described in great detail there, which is fantastic, is is taking the time to actually then coach them. So. Uh, a lot of people I see have so-so onboarding and the expectations are not clear. Um, many of them have some basic training and some basic processes in place, but they're kind of what I mentioned earlier about they've written them up and they say somebody else, you have to do it this way rather than, well, this is how I've done them. Can you take a look at that? and come back and suggest to me how you might approach this. And then let's talk about the, uh, further from there and improve them. And the third mm -hmm. thing 
you talked about there is the coaching part, which I see a lot, most people not doing. And I think mm. that's where it breaks down. I think the expectation is people say, okay, I'm going to hire a virtual assistant. All right. There's all the stuff that I don't want to do. And mm-hmm. now I'm free. <laughs> and yeah, and then, yeah. you know, six weeks later or four weeks later or whatever it might be, they say, ah, oh, this isn't working out. It just isn't working out. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of it comes down to one, a lack of patience, right? To spend mm. that time. They're like, I hired you. How do you not know how to email back to this client? Right. It's not about, then they focus about the task, right? But yeah. it's about the decision making of like, mm. how do I email back to this client who's requesting a question? Because one, I'm still learning the business. Two, I'm still learning about you, mm. right? The business owner. Three, I'm still learning about what we're selling and how we help people. Yeah. And so the thing I, I tell a lot of our clients is if you want real time freedom, back you want to steal back your time right the idea is you need to stop focusing on tasks and start delegating these decisions mm. that's the real trap here right Jürgen, is most people are not delegating enough decisions to their team yeah to go do and that's what keeps them trapped because the team keeps coming back Jürgen, what do i do here mm. Jürgen, what do i do there this happened Jürgen, holy crap what do i do right yeah. and then you know you as entrepreneurs like bang do this bang do that we're gonna do this that blah, 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 blah like cowboys really fast get it done just do that you know but then it teaches your team hey jürgen's gonna ask problem solver yeah yeah you know and and that's not gonna be how you get free right it's good ego boost because you're like how awesome am i my team always needs me and i answer stuff and i put these awesome solutions in place i'm creative but it's then moving past your ego Mm -hmm. to be like why do i need to do that you know why can't i get my team and allow them an opportunity to step in mm. and the first opportunity is going to be scary for them. They're like, why is Jürgen making me take this accountability and responsibility? And it's just from there, it's about then create that safe space to be like, it's okay if you fail because I'm not giving you a million dollars to go decide on something. I'm just saying, what would you want to do with this client's issue? Mm. You know? and, then, and it's like, if it's right, cool, go do it, right? If they're to- completely off track and you want to guide them back with like mm. coaching style, like, Hey, cool, good idea. Would it be helpful if I explained, you know, uh, my thoughts? They're going to be always, yeah, of course. You're going to say, this is why I would do it. This is why I do this. Da, 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 da. So example, we go back to that, you know, the question, right? Where people ask a question and then, you know, most people don't answer directly. I flip that. I go answer you and then I give context. I said, the reason why I do that is most people have a short attention span. Yeah. They're not going to sit there for two minutes to listen to you, give context, which people will interpret as an excuse, right? And, and then you give your answer. And, and that's why we flip, we flip it early, give them the answer first, and then they listen to you, right? And, and you're not wasting their time, you're respecting them. And then you go, is it okay if I explain how we kind of got that? Hmm. Yeah. You can do that or you go straight into, no, sorry, we don't do this, da, 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 da. right? And that little shift, <laughs> uh, my team was like, man, no wonder my my fiance gets mad, angry at me all the time, right? Because like she's like, ask me a question, and it just takes for she just feel like just answer the question. Don't give me the runaround, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's like, man, I should try that, right? And like, yeah, man, like this is really important. So then people understand that you're, you're respecting their question. You're not fluffing about you're direct, but you're giving that context, and so you're both happy, right? Uh, on that end, so mm. yeah. So if yeah. you want to show them what to do, but explaining is the part when you explain it of how and the reason and your thinking behind it is then how we impart the principles to the team Hmm. yeah i love that and and i think it's particularly important the the whole idea of reframing our approach to all of our staff that we bring on board to empower them to make decisions rather than okay here's the tasks you've got to do and have any problems come and talk to me rather than that take the approach of here's the key decisions that i expect you to be able to make and mm-hmm. if you need help with those decisions we'll, we'll go through a training program we'll do regular coaching we'll have regular feedback sessions if you need any help in between that sure come and talk to me but here's the key decisions that i need you to make and yeah mm-hmm. if, if you're comfortable deciding this is what we're going to do in this situation. 
keep me briefed in our regular briefings, but you don't need to wait for me to take action. Mm. Yeah, and then like as a team member, the thing that they want most is to know that they're going to be supported no matter what. Mm. You know, and that as a business owner can be very scary because you're like, <laughs> what if they lose the client, right? And but like you know, I'm, I'm sure my my team have that feeling like. But Richard, what happens if we lose this client? And I'll be like, that's okay. Another one. You know, if this client doesn't agree with our policies and what we want to do, that's okay. They're not a good fit. We can say goodbye, mm. you know, on that end. Obviously, with your startup and you're like, oh man, scra- scraping by month to month is hard. Yeah, on that end. At that same time, like as you get bigger, you'll have those opportunities and, you know, your team will observe how you make decisions on that end, how you operate. And then they'll, they'll help them determine whether it's a safe environment here at work or not. Hmm. Right? So if you're like ruthless with this client, like, nah, I don't care. We're going to keep them and squeeze them for their money or whatever. Then they'll know, be like, I don't know if this is the thing that makes sense with me. And one of the things I try and make sure is we have this policy of no naked questions. Meaning, Jürgen, you come to me, you're like, hey, Richard, I got a, this problem. Like, cool, Jürgen. So tell me, da, 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 da. All right. So what do you want to do? And if you go, I don't know. Right. Then I'll be like, so then Jurgen, I need you to go back, go Google, go YouTube, have a think about it for half an hour. I need you to tell me what you think you want to do. Hmm. Yeah, you have to come with a plan here for me. You can't come naked and go, Hey, I don't know what to do. It's go research, go think about it. And then if you were in my position, what would you do? Yeah. And then run through scenario A, B and C with me. And if that's what you need guidance on, on which one to pick, I'm fine to help guide you on that. And I'll be like, I'll still go. Okay, which which one do you think is the right thing to do? And even though you give me three scenarios, you might be like, oh, I think scenario B is good. And then as a as a leader, what you want to do is not push down your ideas yet. I call me manipulative, right? What I try and do is I want to understand you again. How did you think scenario B was the best option? Right? Because only through me understanding how you think, then can I mold you better to under, to make the decisions like how we want it to be for the company, hmm. right? And so only by understanding you, you're like, oh, I like scenario B because color yellow, da, da, da. And then I'm like, hey, awesome, Jürgen, that's great. Uh, can I add feedback for you? And then you're like, yes, like, cool. So the reason why I don't think scenario B works is because our color, our brand colors are not yellow, right? That's why we maybe have to run with scenario C, which is this, 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 this. Yeah, and, and then that's me imparting now to you you're like oh okay even though yellow is bright and stands out it doesn't match our brand colors so that's why this is how we have to make decisions in the future Mm. and that's what we want to do here is understand first and then help mold them through like sharing your own decision making principles there and explain how we come to that and the only way you know that if they learn is you know there'll be another scenario that comes down very similar and see if they apply that yeah Apply right. the feedback. And if they yeah. don't, and they repeatedly don't apply, then you know this person's not paying attention. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. There's so much to love in that. Uh, there's uh, the idea by by sending people away with that what you're calling naked questions is you're essentially training them in in this is the first step in the decision making. Come back to me mm. with some ideas as to how you'd answer mm. the question, how you deal with this situation. And then, mm. and then providing the feedback, of course. I mean, you, you can say manipulation, but that's, that's where it's feedback, coaching and training at that point, because they've given you something to work with. And you say, that's great. You can improve that by doing this, or there's some flaws in this. So if you remove that bit and add this bit, then it's probably going to work out really well. So that, mm. that's kind of, they've given you. The context, if you like, what you talked about context before, they've given you the context to build on and and allow themselves to be coachable. The other thing that occurred to me is often, yes. I mean, I have questions in my mind, how do I approach something? And by having a conversation with somebody else, they don't, they don't have to give me the answers. They just have to listen and say, oh, okay, tell me more about that. Oh, why why are you doing it that way? I don't mm-hmm. understand. What are you doing there? And by having that conversation, often I come up with the answer myself. So correct. Yeah. So that you know, usually we have the answer. It's just 
unconscious somewhere and by having a conversation and by somebody asking a few pertinent questions it kind of comes out right yeah i i truly believe everyone knows the answer deep down inside mm. you know and it's just having that person who's willing to believe in you that it's in there and asking you the right questions to get in there otherwise to help guide you so like <laughs> there was an example once where a client of ours, so they had a virtual assistant and there was some miscommunication where the virtual assistant said, I spoke to OA about my time shifts and that they were okay with it. But then the client came to us going, why are you telling my VA what times they should be working when you don't know how we work? Hmm. I'm like, we would never do that, right? And so we had to have a three-way facilitated call and you know that situation popped up and the VA you know, was, was respectful. She said, look, it's my fault after the misunderstanding. I'm really sorry about that blah 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 and we're all like okay cool and for me i'm like and this is a very important part about leadership right it's like if someone does something uh makes a mistake or fails at something i don't mind it right sorry is nice but i'm not here for sorry i want to know what are we going to put in place so this doesn't happen again hmm. yeah and so this va was like hey i'm really sorry it won't happen again right i'm like this is a sweep under the carpet moment and i'm like I give the opportunity to see if the client wants to say anything. It didn't. So I jumped in. I go, Hey, that's great. I, I appreciate that you, you know, you're sorry about this. The VA, what's the, what's the learning? What's the thing? What's the action you're going to apply so to make sure that this doesn't happen again? And then she's thinking about it. She goes, you know, um, I'm just going to be more open, Jürgen. I'm just going to be more open. And you know, you have that smile on your face, <laughs> right? Jürgen, cause you're like, that's not an action, yeah, yeah. right? It's, vague and i'm like in my head i'm like that's not good enough i want to see if the client says that that's good enough or not they don't really do anything i go hey look great thank you for trying right but we need uh something more tangible something that we know that you can put in place that you can do right an action yeah and then she's like look i'm just gonna you know i'm gonna try to be more honest right so she's getting flustered right, oh, yeah. now, right? <laughs> and i go look try again right basically i say try again in a nice way and she's like, you know, I, I'm just going to communicate more, right? And I'm like, what does communicate more look like in your mind? Just so that we have an understanding of what exact step you would do if you felt that. And then this, in this moment, after asking like three times, she broke down, she turned off her camera, she's crying, right? And <laughs> no client and me and I'm like, I'm like, oh, okay, like, cool. All right, so you did, you did great trying here now with VA, right? So can I help you? You know, because, you know, she's stuck. And she's just feeling really terrible. Looks like she's an idiot in front of the client because I'm asking questions. And I go, okay, so what you were saying was very vague. The thing I'm looking for is something like, so the way this scenario broke down was because you messaged the client, it got misinterpreted, right? If it's something very important, like this situation, wouldn't I would suggest for you to say, hey, client, is it okay for us to have a quick chat about this particular matter, right, video chat? so that we can discuss it, yeah? Wouldn't that be an effective action versus this is the message I spoke to OA about this and then, you know, it's open for interpretation, mm. right? And I said, that's the type of thing that I'm told, looking, looking for here when I say, let's put an action in, in place instead of you saying, I'll just send a message to the client. It's I'm going to request for a meeting with the client so that we can discuss this important matter relating to whatever is important to me. Right. I said, this is not just about your work shift here. It's about anything that you deem important. And the client will always make time for that. Yeah. And then the client chimed in and he's like, look, I agree with what Richard said. This is really good because, you know, this is what we want to do. We want to hear your feedback too. So it's not like, you know, we're a black, you know, void or anything like that. It's, we want to hear from you. So we're happy to take that time here to talk to you. And so, yeah, it's those types of things that we want to do is get very specific, you know, on that end there mm. so that you know this is what this person is going to do to avoid repeating the same mistake again yeah. and i think that's one of the most important things here yeah it's a great example of being really specific and i like i was sort of as you're going through the scenario I, and and providing the answers that uh, the person provided i uh, the question in my mind the follow-up question was always well what does that look like mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah mm -hmm. yeah and there's always you should you know, Jürgen, there's so many times where I always get frustrated myself. I'm like, how else do I say I need action? Or yeah, yeah. what does that look like? Right? <laughs> I, there's only so many ways I can reword it yeah. in a nicer way. 
right? Yeah. Right and, and so, right. yeah, it's yeah. just a big practice. <laughs> Great. Well, um, on that note, I think it's a good point now to move on to the buzz, which is our innovation round. Um, we've had a really couple of really good examples of kind of being really specific in conversations. Now, in the buzz, um, the idea is it's the same five questions I ask of every guest, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, the idea is you'll give us some really insightful answers and, and some really snappy, concrete answers for the uh, for our listener today to go and do something awesome as a result. Take some action. Sure. Sure. Sounds good. All right. What's the number one thing anyone needs to do to be more innovative? Etch out reflective time for yourself and your team. Mm, I love it. What does that look like? (laughs) (laughs) So that intentionally meaning build the systems, build the processes in place so that you're not running around being busy, right? Mm. In busyness all the time. It's about trying to stay like clear with this is how we approach a problem. This is how we approach any issues. And so that it's just a repeated process and that creates freedom so that you're not running around recreating the wheel every time in that space where, you know, maybe it's half an hour, maybe it's 20 minutes in a day or whatever it is for you or your team to relax, to recuperate and to then just, you know, let your mind wander and think about mm. things in the business of like, why don't I do it like that? You know? If you're busy all the time, you're just going to get stuck being yeah, busy. Just treading on the hamster wheel. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't get that time to flip over and go, how come you know, that water container only gives like one drop of water? What if we opened it up more? Whatever, right? Yeah, yeah. That type of stuff. Mm. Excellent. I love it. All right. Well, what's the best thing you've done to develop new ideas? <sighs> best thing I have done to develop new ideas, I think... The best thing I have done to develop new ideas is most of the time not even being me that has to develop those new ideas. It's it's leveraging and, and I think creating that space a lot for my team. Mm. You know, I think a lot of entrepreneurs hinge it on themselves to create that strategy, to create a plan, to have that that idea that comes from them. But you know, I've worked a lot here with in outsourcing Angel to make it so that I create that time for the team, they can feed it back in and it's us to have that discussion together so that it's not a, you know, it's not a CEO or the founder's, you know, innovative idea. It is the team's innovative idea stemming from one person who says one thing, then another person goes, what if we added that on top or what if we did took this out and did hmm. this? And that's, that's, I think the magical part there is having that whole team collaboration in there. And the only way you can do that is by not shoving your team with lots of tasks all the yeah. time. It's also my job, I think, is to create that, make their jobs easier, you know, not just the CEO's life easier, right? It's make their jobs easier because then they will want to stay in. They want to give more, they want to contribute more to make the company better. Mm. Um, that's yeah. my vision anyway. Yeah, I love that. Um, leveraging other people. And it comes back to what you were saying earlier, right, in, in empowering people to make decisions and training them how to, how to make decisions consistent with the philosophy and the culture of the company. Um, so, yeah, this comes back to tapping into that valuable resource for ideas and helping. And Yeah, great. All right, what's a favourite resource you use most often? Uh, favourite resource, like a book kind of thing or like? Could be anything. Could be a book, could be a, a training program, could be software, could be people. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think a favorite resource of mine, I would say it's pretty random. So, you know, on like Android phones, when you swipe to the left side, you have that Google, I think they call it Google Now or something like that, where it's like articles based off stuff that you've read recently and your interests. Like, you know, some of the things I've found on there are very like super interesting. I think it's untapped resource, to be honest. Versus like, you know, your Facebook feed, your yeah, Instagram yeah. <laughs> feed or or your YouTube feed, right? Uh, like sometimes I just flick over there just to see like what articles are there. And sometimes it's interesting things of like similar apps or hacks and tips and tricks and all hmm. of that or news updates sometimes that I don't always get across to is, you know, some of those little nuggets pop up in there for me, hmm. right? Of new tools or like this new thing rolling on this tool that I'm using. 
and and I think that's a hidden gem that most people probably don't okay. use as much. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to have to go back and check it out as well. I just sort of, I probably don't use it <laughs> yeah. enough. Excellent. So Google now. All right. Now, what's the best way to keep a client on track? I mean, I think we've sort of talked quite a bit about this one or client or a pro, uh, staff oh, member. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think, um, and this is very interesting because recently we had to let go of someone. And when I came in to look after their projects, it was all a mess. And the team was all in disarray. They were, they were confused on what to do too. And I think a lot of our jobs as leaders is to just keep our team focused, right? Team or client focused. And, you know, this helps if you're, you're a coach as well. It's like you just want that person to understand very clearly, this is what I need you to go focus on. Hmm. And that's it. Like, don't worry about anything else, right? It's do this, 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 this. This goes down to like, yes, the task management level side of things as well, but at that same time, I'm not telling him exactly how to do the task. Yeah. I'm just like, priority, this one, then this one, then this one. Because most people I find, they're not capable of prioritizing for themselves and they can get very easily distracted, right, on that end. And so I'm always like, just keep everyone focused. Even my founder, Lynn, right, is like, I want you, Lynn, to just look at this. I think we just focus on this and this is what we do for the company. Even though we can do this thing and that thing and that thing and that thing mm. too. Just let's focus on this thing that's going to be the most impactful thing that's going to change the business, our company, our lives, your life, that type of thing. Mm, yeah, I love it. I, you touched on one thing there that I think is particularly important and that's kind of looking at the impact of this. So we're focusing on this because and you're giving the reason and I guess coming back to the reason behind it and and. That, of course, linking into the overall strategy of the business or the mission of the person or the business itself um, is a really powerful way to help people. Okay, this is why we're focused on this. Don't forget, we have to be focused on this. Hmm. Yes. Yes. All right. And uh, last question of the buzz round. What's the number one thing anyone can do to differentiate themselves? Oh, that's a really tough one, eh? <laughs> I think of, and I think of this like as part of like for myself as well, right, Jürgen, is I think if you want to differentiate yourself, you have to go back into your core and really understand what makes your you a genius, right? I believe inside everyone's a genius, meaning you're not, not that you're the smartest, but you're a genius at something, right? right? Like some people are a genius at, you know, like sculpting clay. Other people are geniuses at, you know, math problems or whatever. And it's trying to find that key, I guess, area, task, focus that you're just really, really good at versus a lot of other people. You don't have to be world number one at it, right? But even if you're, you know, top 10% in the world of it, you're pretty good at it, you know? And so, like, for me, like, I think I spend a lot of my time trying to figure that out, thinking and you know, you'll find if you go on this journey for yourself is you'll subscribe to these dreams or you think you're a genius at something that you're not because you were sold a dream. So an example, mm -hmm. right? My, if, you know, my journey is like corporate career, thought I wanted to be a partner at KPMG, right? Realized that's not me, right? Uh, so I got bought into this corporate dream, realized it's not me. Then I went down the whole personal development front and then I got sold this dream of you got to be on the stage, Richard. You got to go, you know, help people's lives just like what we do, right? Like Tony Robbins and... I, I bought into this whole dream, you know, again, of like, I got to be Asian Tony Robbins, right? Let her clap on the stage and stuff like that, like Tony. And like, that's what I'm here to do. And I realized I thought I was a genius in that. But what turned out to be is maybe I was just great at being, you know, that leader type, right? That, that founder type. And what I delved into more was what if my real genius is helping other people shine brighter than they could before? Just like what you're doing here, right? You're, you're, this show is not about you. It's about your guests mm. and you're trying to make them look and pre perform better than they ever could. And that's what I, what happened to me. I'm like, what if that's me? Right? What if that's me in a business where I'm not meant to be number one? Maybe I'm meant to be number two or number 10 or number 15, right? And I support a cause or a vision or, or a mission that makes sense for me. And that's how I kind of found myself more. And that's where then you can see me blossom more here, right? I'm like, you know, if you, if you did this like 
podcast like five years ago, 10 years ago, right, Jürgen? It'd be different because I'm like, you know, posturing and I'm like, you know, yeah, I'm Asian Tony Robbins, right? And all that stuff. But now it's just, for me, it's just a lot of uniqueness here. I think for me, it's just being centered and knowing what I'm really good at and not letting people say, oh, you're crap at building systems, Richard. Now, yeah, I, sometimes I'm, I'm not the world's best man, but I'm pretty good at it. You know, this is what we can do. And, you know, it's just believing and finding your real value and centering around that. Mm, yeah, and there's a lot of lot of self-reflection goes into into discovering that, right? So it comes back to what yeah. you were saying earlier about allowing the team time to, to self-reflect as well. So we, we need to allow ourselves time. And I love that mm. you kind of shared with us your journey a little bit there in that answer because I think we're all unique and everyone has genius to contribute to the world. It's just, first of all, finding what that is and, and knowing what that is. And then secondly, having the courage to actually do it. Mm. Some people kind of, mm. and, and finding it is sometimes is a bit of a challenge because I often uh, find some things that I do that I've taken so much for granted. And it takes somebody else looking over my shoulder saying, oh, that's amazing what you just did. <laughs> so what? I don't even know what yeah. I just did. And um, yeah, so recognizing that and then having the courage to share that. So yeah. Yeah. And that's exactly how I found out mine, Jürgen. It's literally other people coming up to me like, hey, can you do that for us? Like, what do you mean? Like, it's so easy, guys. Just do this. And like, yeah. I don't understand what you're talking about, Richard. Just do it for us. And I'm like, man, how do you not understand? Like, that's how it started for me. Mm. It's so it's stumbling across those times where people are reaching out to you like, can you do this? Hey, what is that? That's really good. Hey, show me how to do this, right? Mm. It's that expertise yeah. that just naturally comes to you and that's you know if that's happening quite often i say draw the line draw the connection and see what happens mm. excellent great well thanks for getting us through the buzz around this has been absolutely fabulous conversation richard thanks now where can people find out more about you and the work you do and maybe even reach out and say thanks for what you've shared today Oh, thanks for having me on, Jürgen. So the best place to probably reach me is LinkedIn, right? So it's probably just look up my name. Uh, it's just Richard PHU on that end there. Otherwise, you can always head over to the Outsourcing Angel website as well, right? Where we can find what we do here at Outsourcing Angel. Excellent. And of course, we'll have links in the show notes for those two um, URLs that you can click straight through as well. All right, Richard. Now, what... What action would you like our listener to take out of today's conversation? <laughs> uh, if they're not brain fried already, <laughs> Jürgen, I, I'd say this, right? I'd say the thing for any listener here, depending on you know where you're at in your business journey at this time, I'd say think about how can you start creating that time freedom, if that's what you want, with yourself and your team more now, you know? So whether that is you got to etch out your Friday afternoon and say, nah, I'm not working on that time, mm -hmm. or whether that means, hey, maybe I should schedule in a monthly, not a performance management chat, but a chat with my team to just connect with them more, understand who they are, and try and create, get feedback from them. How can I make that job easier, mm -hmm. right? It's thinking about how do you create a new life for yourself and your team, uh, if you have a team around that, so that then, that can help you and your business grow more down in the future. Excellent. And yeah, that's some of that is invest some time to save time later. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thanks so much for sharing your time and your insights with us so generously today, Richard. I've really enjoyed our conversation. There's been lots of, um, lots of really valuable tips in there that I think everybody can apply both in their business and, and even in their life. And I'm looking forward to hearing back from how people are implementing the call to action. So thanks again, and please do stay in touch. Thank you, Jürgen. I hope you enjoyed that informative and engaging conversation with Richard, and most importantly, took something away from his episode. So as you reflect back on the conversation today, think about and plan for how to start creating more time freedom for yourself. What time, effort, 
money can you invest now to win back time in the future? How do you create that for yourself and how do you create that for your team? What do you need to put in place today to make that happen? Both Richard and I would love to hear your experience, so please do comment in the show notes and let us know how you go. Richard's episode can be found at innovabiz.co forward slash Richard Fu. That is R-I-C-H-A-R-D-P-H-U, all lowercase, all one word, innovabiz.co forward slash Richard Fu. There you'll also find contact information for getting in touch with Richard, as well as links to his website, the Outsourcing Angel website, Richard's social media pages, and the other resources we spoke about in our conversation today. If you love this conversation, and you know one other person that it would be useful to, be brave enough to share the conversation with that one other person. You'll know who that is. They're the ones that just popped into your mind. Also, make sure to get the episode bookmark token at innovabiz.co forward slash bookmarks. For just the cost of a cup of coffee, you can have your very own permanent record of this show. Now, half of all the revenue from this episode token will go directly to Richard as guest. And the other half goes towards supporting the show and keeping us going. Think of it as a way to support Richard and tell him that you really loved his episode. Richard suggested that we have a conversation with Lynn Pedetti, the CEO and founder of Outsourcing Angel, on a future InnovaBuzz podcast episode. So Lynn, keep an eye on your inbox for an invitation from us to the InnovaBuzz podcast, courtesy of Richard Fu. Thanks for listening. We'd love you to leave a review on this episode. It will help us to make the podcast better for you. Simply go to lovethepodcast.com forward slash InnovaBuzz and pick your preferred platform. Remember to visit innovabiz.co forward slash Flywheel and secure your membership to the exclusive Flywheel Nation community where you'll enjoy direct access to our incredible podcast guests, engaging meaningful conversations and participate in connection events designed to elevate your business journey. Don't miss out. Join Flywheel Nation today. Tune in again to the next episodes of the Innova Buzz podcast where we've got yet more fantastic guests lined up. Until next time, I'm Jürgen Strauss from Innova Biz. Remember, be awesome and keep innovating.